you know, series on the Ten Commandments. And the last week, uh, you know, I'll just go over a few points. The last week, um, you know, uh, we saw the context in which the um, Ten Commandments was written. The Ten Commandments is a love letter to us to help us. And uh, he made reference to the fact the context was in chapter 19 of Exodus, starting with verse 3. Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him of the mountain, and saying, Thus saith uh, thou, say to the house of Jacob, and, and uh, tell the, the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I had did unto Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you uh, unto myself. Now, therefore, if we will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall uh, be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came down and called the elders and the people and laid before their faces all of these words which the Lord had commanded. So, uh, first of all, the context in which the Ten Commandments was written. It was written in love, praise God, and, uh, and he uh, illustrated this by all the things that he had done for them, and uh, we went through all that last Sunday night, the things that God, how God bore them, and, and how God was with them and uh, delivered them from Egypt, and how God was with them uh, as they were backed up at the, at the Red Sea, and that God uh, gave them a part of the waters, and how that uh, God... Uh, gave them water when they needed it, how God fed, fed them with manna, and, and God provided and everything. And, and in the context of this, I have borne you. So he's saying, you know, uh, you know, the context of what he's going to write, the Ten Commandments, is it's going to be a love letter, praise God, so that he loves them so much that he's going to give them these commandments. And then uh, also, uh, God knows best, you know. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, praise God, is showing us that God knows best for what's up what's best for us. Amen. And he gave them commandments, praise God. So if we, you know, obey these commandments, praise God, you know, God has something better for us. He has prosperity. He has a plan. You know, he has a purpose for us and everything and how important it is that uh, we recognize the, the Ten Commandments and, and uh, God gave them to us because that's what's best for us to help us, you know, in our walk with the Lord. And uh, also, uh, you know, he wanted to realize the, the consequences of sin, the consequences of breaking these commandments. And then he had a, a plan and blessing and hope for us. And uh, also, um, praise God, then he, we talked about our responsibility to respond and be obedient. So we're dealing with the first commandment this, this evening in chapter 20. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The greatest challenge in our lives is to keep God first. People ask, well, what's the hardest thing? You know, being a pastor or ministry or preaching or counseling or administrating or doing physical work, etc., etc., etc. None of these. Hmm. You can have all kinds of demands upon you that you have to fulfill. You can be even a success in your 
ministry, your business, or whatever endeavor you're involved in, but you still can be a miserable failure in the Lord's eyes. The greatest challenge you and I face every day of our lives is maintaining a close relationship and a personal relationship, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. It is keeping Him first. Our number one, you know, task as believers is uh, to make sure that nothing, no God, no person, no job, no duty, or pleasures come before Him in our priorities, in our plans, or our affections. This is no small thing. The people in the church of Ephesus, you know, uh, worked hard. <laughs> they kept their hopes alive. They stayed doctrinally sound, patiently endured the suffering for the Lord's name. Yet the Lord said that they were on the edge of losing their light and their witness. Why? Because they had left their first love. Hard work, teaching, and a willingness to stand in the gap are not enough. God is concerned about our relationship with the Lord and the condition of our heart. We know that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He shall direct your paths. All of your ways means all of your opportunities and undertakings. It doesn't mean just know about God or staying doctrinally sound or studying in the Bible. It is to know Him and having that personal relationship with Him and contact. The Living Bible says in everything you do, put God first and He will direct you and crown your efforts with success. In other words, in everything you do, put God first so He can direct your path. It means that not only does he give direction, amen, but he also commits himself to removing the obstacles and the hindrances in our lives that stand in the way of his destined purpose in our lives. He will make the path straight before you. Notice that this is conditional. We must not lean on our own understanding. Why? Because our wisdom and our understanding is so limited and so inadequate. And our wisdom would lead to disaster. We cannot rely upon our wisdom or sense of direction. The Bible says there is a way which seems right to man, but at its end is the way of death or destruction. Proverbs 14, 12. There is the story of, of a pastor when they had a... Uh, a get-together in New England, and I, I can identify with this, you know. They had a retreat, and uh, it was out in the woolly wax. It was out in the wilderness, and it was very cold, and, and it just had, uh, had snowed, and one of the ministers one night decided he was going to go snowshoeing. He went alone <laughs> with no flashlight, with no compass, you know, and he didn't mark the trail, <laughs> you know. So uh, he didn't pay attention to where he was going. In the silver moonlight, he realized that he was very cold, very lost, amen, and he had no idea how to get back. He hadn't planned on getting lost. <laughs> he had a false sense of confidence that he could find his way back, but he couldn't. Others had to search for him all night, and they finally found him, and he was, you know, cold and embarrassed, 
but he was all right. This is the same deceptiveness that the world offers. It looks good. <clears throat> it, it is inviting. It is alluring. You know, it seems fine until you have wandered into something and do not know how to get back. People without the guidance of God's word and the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Ten Commandments is all about, is guiding us, you know. So no matter how sincere and good their motives are, they will experience heartache after heartache and disaster after disaster. They can't help it. Usually, people's first reaction is that they have a stern quality about them. Yet, when they are warning someone not to venture down a path where certain death awaits them, how stern should they get? How firm should we be in our pursuit of spreading the gospel? Imagine your family is on vacation at Yosemite Park, and uh, you have, are at the top of the glacier, you know, point, and a short walk from the park, you know, lot brings you close to the rock cliff where you look over the rail and it's 3,200 feet below. So the car goes open and before you can take off your seat belt, your little boy runs to the edge of the cliff. It is, is it time to speak softly or to whisper? <laughs> no, as parents, your heart beats fast. You know, you get a big lump in your throat and you shout, Stop! Stop! You know, and, and you say, right now, stop! You know, it's not, it's firm that you do that. This is what the Ten Commandments is all about. <laughs> you know, the Father heart, the Father heart of God is concerned as he sees the blind, unheeding men and women running for the cliff. Listen to the urgent tone from Ezekiel 33:11 As surely as I live declares the sovereign Lord I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked but rather that they turn from their ways and live turn turn from your evil ways why will you die o house of Israel that's NIV can you hear it stop Stop. Turn back. Turn around. Don't go that way. That's what the Ten Commandments God has given us to us as, as Christians, you know. Praise God. And all the other commandments that Jesus has given us in the New Testament. Praise God. Don't go that way. There's sorrow ahead. There's death ahead. Come back to me. God is saying, if you will acknowledge me in all your ways... If you will hear me and obey my word, I'll show you a blessed path. Amen. You know, how blessed is it, you know, that he, he leads us in that pastures, that was green pastures, and feeds us from the word of God and by his spirit. Amen. That he leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. Praise God. He leads us in a place where we don't have to fear death. He anoints our head with oil. Our cup runneth over. And surely God, mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. You know, so, you know, that's, he wants to show us that blessed past. But even better, I will keep you from harm and let nothing get in the way of your fulfillment. 
the closer you get to God's word and to his commands, amen, the more you acknowledge his first place in your life, the closer you get to his desire and purposes for your life. Why does God make such a point of having no other gods before him? The reason is simple. He wants to be your God, and he wants you to be his people. Amen? He wants to take care of you. He knows no one can take care of you better than him. He is faithful God. He is committed to us. Even when we fail, he loves us and never gives up on us. Psalm 116 says, When I call him in sorrows and distress, he inclines his ear unto me. He leans over to listen to us. He turns aside, amen, to his work to help us. He hears us and turns to help us in our lives. The psalmist was overwhelmed by God's goodness, so he wrote a psalm to express his love. In verse 13, he says, I'll take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. It's not being saved like we are in the New Testament. It means many times the Lord has salvaged us, helped us, sustained us from trouble, and also has in grief. His life was full and overflowing with the goodness of the Lord. I think of many times God has helped me overcome doubt, disappointment, uh, failure. He, he has spared my life. He's kept me from danger. He has protected me. He has supplied my needs. He has loved me and delivered me. He has been so good to me and to you. That's why he gave the Ten Commandments. Amen. He has made, he's good to us. He made such a commitment to us in love. And now he asks, would it be too much, praise God, to ask you, knowing my love for you, how he bore them, how he bore us on eagle's wings in our lives. You know, it's too much to ask, you know, knowing my love for you, that you would consider making me the most important thing in your life. Would you consider putting me first? He is saying, don't invest your life in temporary pleasures or distractions. Don't turn to the world for satisfaction and fulfillment. Those things will not give you blessing and prosperity. What happens then when we do put God first in our lives? It changes destructive worry and anxiety patterns in our mind. Where we once became locked with fear and worry, we now have confidence with the Lord. Psalm 56.3 says, In that day when I am afraid, I will have confidence in thee. How do we deal with living on the edge? By realizing that our lives are his responsibility. Amen? Because of the, that, that we do not have to worry because he's going to take care of everything. You know, the Phillips translation of 1 Peter 5, 7, you know, King James says, casting your cares upon him because he careth for you. Philip's translation is, you can throw your whole weight of your anxieties upon him, for you are his personal concern. Hmm. He is responsible for our lives. He's responsible, you know, for its outcome. 
you know, how long I live. Now, I know that we have formal, we are uh, free moral agents and everything, and we have to make choices, but we have to look at it from God's, you know, he's responsible for our outcome, how long I live, the weight on my shoulders, the outcome of what happens in the end of our lives, and, and we are just supposed to enjoy the journey. Matthew 6, Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, and where you're going to live. Just make sure, he goes on to say, just make sure that you seek God first, that he's highest priority in your life, and everything then will work out. All things will be added unto you. Everything is going to work out when you put God first. Amen. Again, what happens when we put God first in our lives? I'll make an impact on others. We will make an impact on other people around us. You cannot put God first in your life and avoid notice. People could help, praise God, but see something different about you because of the way you respond to pressure and stress and the way you view materialism. The world will wonder why and how you respond the way that you do. Peter foresaw the day because of the calm, mysterious component in your life. This scripture would come to pass in 1 Peter 3.15 NIV, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. Hmm. Praise God. That's another way of saying keep him first in your life. And why shouldn't we want to put God first in our lives? There's a story of a young man, a young boy, praise God, who wet his pants. And he was so, he's so nervous be, uh, because he was taking a test, and so he did, that's what happened to him, he wet his pants. And uh, he uh, was sick and worried and embarrassed, and the teacher motioned him to come to her, desk and how frozen he was. So the teacher went towards him to ask him something. Oh no, he thought, <clears throat> she will see the puddle on the floor. Just then, one of his classmates came down the aisle with a big fish bowl. She dropped it on the floor, right, praise God, by his chair. The glass and the water went everywhere and all over him, and the teacher took him to change his clothes. The boy thought, thank God, <laughs> thank God there is a God in heaven. What a wonderful gift this girl gave him. And so the class laughed at the girl. No one would sit with the girl at lunch or no, play with her at recess. When the boy was on his way home, he walked out the door and he saw the little girl walking by herself. He walked over to her and said, 
I've been thinking about what happened today. And he said, hmm, you did it on purpose, didn't you? It wasn't an accident, was it? He said, yes, she said, I did it on purpose. I know what happened to you today. You see, I wet my pants once also. She didn't want him to experience the embarrassment that she had. I thought, Lord, I don't ever want to forget what you have done for me. That little boy didn't forget what she did. And we don't want to forget what God has done for us. Amen. Hallelujah. And in a sense, we've wet our pants, you know. In a sense, you know, because we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. He took and shed his precious blood for us on the cross of Calvary. He took away the shame in our lives and made me and you fit for heaven. God, you saw me, my hopelessness situation, and you rescued me. You have given me hope and a reason to live. Why should we ever want to put anything or anyone in front of him? Why should we serve other gods? He promised to provide everything we need. He has changed me and changed you. He has taken the embarrassment of our shame this is why there is hope for others. Amen. This, that is why you can say, put God first, and he'll cover your past. He'll forgive you. Praise God. And he will give you a brand new life with his direction and the purpose of, and his plan for your life. Amen. The blessed path that we choose. Praise God. So in conclusion... Praise God, it is a challenge to put God first. And we need to work at it. Praise God. We, you know, we're going to be working at that the rest of our lives, striving to love God and put God first. God's eyes are on us just like it was on the Ephesians. You know? And the question is, you know, to, that we have to ask ourselves, have we lost our first love? Praise God. Uh, God has a purpose and a plan for you. Praise God. And so don't mess it up by leaning on your own wisdom. Put God first. Trust him and his ways. He wants to be God of your life. Is he? Amen. That's the question we have to ask. He'll take care of you if you put him first. That's that confidence that we have. Amen. That we serve a God that not only cares, praise God, but he's active. You know, uh, he's brought us into fellowship with Jesus Christ our Lord, praise God. And so that's a mutual interest, you know, that he has with us, praise God. And also a mutual devotion and a mutual activity. God, amen, he loves us, praise God. He's interested in everything. If he's interested in the hairs on our head and the numbers of the hairs on our head, praise God, how interested is God in us, amen. Hallelujah. He has devoted himself to us. Not only has he devoted himself and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, but he has devoted himself. He ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. Amen. Praise God. And then, so we have confidence that, you know, and then the confidence is that we can go to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace in the time of need. Praise God. We have a God that cares. Amen. So when you put him first, praise God, it also will impact the lives of others. 
Praise God. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And, and praise God. And because we put God first, you know, I, I want to say is that people don't want half-baked, you know, uh, Christians. They, they, they don't want, you know, uh, wishy-washy Christians. They don't, want a, they don't want Christians that are up one minute and down. The, that's like a spiritual yo-yo and everything. Praise God. Because the thing of it is, they see Christ when you're up. But if you keep going like this, amen, and, and going like really down and everything, you know, the, you know, that takes away from your witness. That takes away from how they see the Lord. So it's important that, that we have consistency in our lives in serving the Lord and putting him first. Praise God. Amen. Because we do impact others. We're daily seen and read by men. Praise God. And uh, so they, uh, they, they, we're living epistles, you know, in our lives. You know, sometimes we have to realize it's not so much what we say, it's how we act. Praise God. That influences other people around us. And then... Uh, we need to, you know, put him first, and we need to turn to God, amen, from danger. When we are going, you know, and help, help us in our lives and everything. And we, every time we think about those Ten Commandments, we need to think about how much God loves us, amen, the love of God. And then also, praise God, in response, praise God, to his love, his devotion to us, and his commitment to us, and his caring for us and doing all these stuff for us, praise God, then in turn, praise God, how much, you know, we must love the Lord and, and express that in return, praise God. So uh, there's two choruses we're going to sing in, in conclusion tonight. You know, the first one has to do with how God loves us. And that first one, praise God, we have to recognize that the Ten Commandments Praise God. We said last week it's not about being mean, harsh, and legalistic or whatever. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a love letter to us because he loves us, praise God. So we have to realize, praise God, that, you know, it's not about restraints and restrictions and everything else. It's about God giving us these commandments because he knows if we uh, fulfill them, if we're obedient and we don't do those things, praise God, then we're going to be blessed and we're going to have a direction, praise God, in our lives and a path amen, that he's going to provide for us, it's going to be a blessing. And so it's all about how much, you know, God loves us, amen. But then also our responses, you know, to the love letter and to these messages that God has given us, amen, praise God, the response is how much we love him. <clears throat> oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he do? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he do? Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus.
the soul I love Jesus because he first loved me. There is a name I love to sing. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in mine ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first Love me. Sing that chorus one more time. And when you think of it, as you're singing it, you're saying to the Lord, you love him. You love him because he gave you the commandments to give direction to your life and help you on the path of life. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. Hallelujah. We love you tonight, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We give you the glory. Praise God. We thank you, Jesus, for your love and your concern for us. We're so thankful, God, that you died on the cross for us for our sins. We're so thankful, God, amen, that you, amen, didn't come to abolish the law, but you came to fulfill the law. And we thank you, Jesus, that not only in the Ten Commandments do we have teachings from you, God, but also, Lord, we have uh, all the things that are taught in the Old Testament, praise God, amen, we find that uh, it was a tutor, praise God, to help us. And Lord, you taught us, praise God, to put you first. You taught us, amen, and gave us commandments. And, and also through the other writers of the Bible, you've given us commandments in, 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 uh, through other people, praise God, amen. And we do them, praise God, not because, you know, we do them because we love you, Lord. We do them in obedience to you. But we're also thankful, God, that you have given us your word, praise God, to help direct our lives and to help us to know what is right and wrong and, and what is, uh, praise God, beneficial and not beneficial, what, what, what leads to life and what, and, and what leads to disaster and death, God. So we're so thankful, God, and we give you the praise, God, for all that you've done. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, praise God. Maria, would you close in prayer tonight?